Our guest today is Elshad Shirinov. Elshad is the co-founder of Civi Abroad. He has been a software engineer for over one and a half decades, and then he has been a hiring manager. He started Civi Abroad with Olga Sokolova to guide international students and first-timers with their first recruitment in Germany and Europe in general. In this episode, we discuss a lot of things that mostly revolve around curriculum vitae and cover letters. The links of CV Abroad are given in the episode description. Hi, this is Anirban Saha and I welcome you on behalf of the team to one new episode of Season 2 where we interview a selected few professionals in the domain of data science and converse about what it takes to get a job in the real world. If you like our work, hit the follow button on our LinkedIn page. The link is in the podcast description. Also do share your feedback with us and listen to our other podcasts. Let's get started. Elshad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me here. It's, I'm very glad to speak to students. It's always nice. And uh, I also spend a lot of time actually talking to a lot of students and uh, people who are just starting studies in, yeah, in the line of my work. Um, so yeah, ni- nice to be here. Um, we could start with you giving a little introduction to CV Abroad for our audience. And that would be a head start to this discussion. Of course, gladly. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, just start uh, by saying that uh, CV Abroad has been started uh, by me and Olga Sokolova two and a half years ago. So bo- both of us had this uh, idea to some degree. I was... Uh, team lead or tech uh, tech lead at that time uh, at a company uh, that is basically Konica Minolta, just one of the uh, daughter companies. Um, so I was naturally uh, involved in hiring a lot. And what I've noticed is that uh, a lot of international candidates uh, who are otherwise uh, very good professionals um, struggle a lot with uh, their presentation and gener- in general, with navigating the the labor market of Germany. Um, So I thought uh, since I myself have uh, a migration background because my father actually came from Azerbaijan. Um, But yes, so I had this background myself, but I had the luck of uh, basically uh, coming to Germany early, very early. I went to school here. uh, So I had uh, a quite easy start all in all, uh, not so different uh, from all, all the Germans. Uh, yeah, so th- that's why we thought basically, uh, since we both have this background and we have quite, uh, we are quite a good tandem uh, because basically I'm the technical guy and Olga concentrates on the non-technical people and uh, on psychology, on uh, interview preparation, things like that. Uh, bit by bit, Severe Broad grew into basically a one-stop shop. Uh, all in all, we help pretty much everybody who has, uh, well, who has this cultural translation being in the way, basically. The culture, by cultural translation, I just mean uh, things work differently in different countries. And uh, first and foremost, CVs, uh, but also, of course, all the customs, like how, how is an interview done, um, just where to look for uh, for a matching company and uh, maybe also how to approach it, how to apply, 
how to use uh, LinkedIn or Xing. Xing is a specifically German thing, um, like to be successful and to uh, really like start your career. Uh, and uh, starting in the last year and quite successfully, we offer now a program which is called Land Your Job. And uh, I can say we've been quite successful until now. Uh, so we pretty much offer all the support we can uh, for like on, in ev every step and uh, also just moral support, which is sometimes also quite important um, to get people to start their career in Germany. I thank you for the description. And from the description, I caught up a couple of things. You mentioned things are different in different company, uh, different in different countries. Mm -hmm. uh, where to look for information, how to approach, and applicants need help around CVs and not necessarily for the CVs, right? First of all, of course, there are differences when it comes to CVs, uh, that there are some very visible differences. So in the US, you would probably have a, a one-pager CV. Um, very often I see, um, well, some kind of, of uh, table CVs, so basically filled out forms uh, coming from all over the place, mostly Asia. But also I see people very confused because they are looking for information, for example, for information in English and find a lot of information which is not suitable for Germany because a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of German, uh, like relevant resources on German CVs and on German hiring process is in German, which still is, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. Yes, we will deal with each one of these topics um, while we are conversing further. But first, mm -hmm. while we were conversing about this episode, you mentioned about the unwritten rules of hiring process, right? And this is how right. this, this episode got its name. You also mentioned moral support while you were discussing right now. Let's talk a bit more on that. What do you think are the unwritten rules in hiring for a software engineering or a data science role? The main unwritten rule, to be honest, is there are no hard rules there is just understanding why you write the cv and who will read your cv uh, the cv is your only um, value proposition you're like a business of one person so as i said the, the there are no hard unwritten rules that you can break but the main rule is you should explain in your cv make it absolutely clear and visible why you can do this job you apply for a job, you should make sure you explain why you can do it. Um, the, the most important rules are just concentrate on uh, the hard facts about yourself. So state all your skills, uh, be very complete. So everything that you know, even a little, should go on your CV. Um, the second thing is probably show something concrete, show some work. So if you have some project, whatever being a pet project or project from previous work or project from studies uh something concrete something that shows off your work this is like one of the most important things to show so it's not enough just to uh like state all the uh, okay i studied here and roughly what i studied sometimes it's even abbreviated 
so that you cannot quite tell what it is like from the get-go and it's not clear who this uh, who this person is from the start because it just says name on top so you should really think about uh, some recruiters and hrs who will be probably reading it uh, reading your cv at first and they will have roughly 10 seconds for just because they have a lot of applicants so they will take roughly 10 seconds maybe half a minute to re uh, scan your cv and if they don't see uh, like any potential they will just throw it away and that's it and this is when you actually get uh, a response like uh, we are very sorry but at the current time we cannot uh, consider your cv uh, or something like we went with other candidates who were better this is some standard answer it doesn't give you any information um, but I guarantee you in a lot of cases, and actually there are statistics, which basically says 70% uh, of CVs never make it to the actual hiring manager. Um, actually, nowadays it's more common to have a dedicated recruiter. So you have an internal recruiter or an, an external recruiter, uh, just the difference is just they work inside the company or they work, work outside the company as a contractor and they will take a look at your CV they have to see right away why you are a good candidate yeah and when um, at least i talk to uh, multiple people who are, who are in hrs or are hiring managers they come up with things that matter to them and i'm the one who's left confused and not knowing what exactly how to do things but since we are on the topic of cvs already and you mentioned that you have been gathering applicants and getting CVs, what are the top five mistakes do you think an applicant makes? Except for the one that you already mentioned, that is uh, writing ab abbreviations of the oh, universities and the colleges yeah. they go to. Except for that. Yeah, let, let's let's try to go through it, uh, um, say, from, from the uh, least important to the more important, because I think uh, people tend to remember the, the last uh, thing which is said. Um, yeah, so let's start with just format and formality. German HR are rather uh, like they want the full picture, the full uh, information. Uh, state your full address, uh, state your phone number. Uh, also, in Germany, it's still common to either give your age or give your uh, date of birth. Um, in a lot of um, cases, also the place of birth. This is still, uh, this is just kind of a convention in Germany. If you like state your date of birth, state also your place of birth. Um, and also uh, actually particularly important uh, for international candidates is maybe state your visa status. So why am I saying this? Uh, if you state uh, what, what visa you already have or what visa you would apply for, um, then it alleviates some of the uh, yeah, bureaucratic uh, thoughts that employers uh, tend to have. So, um, yeah, so that's the format and formalities. Of course, I, I mentioned already uh, the format should be adequate. So uh, one pages are not very common. Also try to avoid multiple columns because this can be confusing specifically for this uh, automatic systems, but also for people. So try to not be very creative. The, the creative CVs are mostly from US again, um, just because they try to get as much information on one page. Um, yeah, that's 
basically the first point. <laughs> the second point, uh, which I see a lot of people do kind of wrong, is the CV does not look professional. What do I mean by that? Well, if you have a, if you include a picture, and it's uh, still quite common in Germany to include a picture, but if you include a picture, please make it a professional picture. So just get, go to a photographer, make a picture. It's very easy. Um, yeah, and uh, apart from that, is uh, I'm talking about some strange fonts. Uh, try to pick some normal, you know, readable font. So Arial, uh, maybe Calibri, uh, in um, like on, on macOS, uh, definitely Helvetica, is the most common one. Uh, just as I said, don't be too creative. It is actually important that it looks professional. Um, yeah. So the, the third thing is probably pretty similar is the language. Um, for whatever reason, uh, I'm not quite sure, <laughs> but a lot of people have just simple plain mistakes in the language. And th this is actually important. So if you have just plain mistakes, uh, grammar mistakes in your CV, it doesn't look professional. It's um, basically, you should make sure to either read it 10 times or even better, uh, grab a native speaker somewhere or maybe uh, two or three very strong <laughs> speakers if they are not native and get them to proofread it. Yeah, so that's a, a simple one. I think a pretty clear one. Uh, and then come the, the more complicated mistakes. So uh, think about the upper half of your first page of your CV should already communicate pretty clearly who you are and what you want. So this is why we, um, in a lot of times, advise to have a short summary, maybe a short uh, goal statement, like who am I trying, like what, what position am I applying? You should always find more. You did something, you had some projects, you did volunteer, something. Gather some experience, even if you uh, like don't have a lot of working experience yet. And in this case, just a summary always gives you a, a very good uh, like place to start. Like I liked reading good summaries. What I didn't like was reading bad summaries. And I'll touch on this uh, in a second, because the last point, uh, and to be honest, it's a, a, a very broad point, but I still bring it up because it's the most important point, is the content of your CV. So most, the, like the biggest mistake is to have wrong content and there are a lot of ways how the content can be wrong so what is actually said in your cv this ranges from um like how you <clears throat> just how you uh, formulate your sentences for example you should always try to at least in english you should try to start with a verb so i mm, i write something like uh implemented something yeah implemented uh, a big software <laughs> or I uh, created something, or I uh, ensured the quality of something. Uh, try starting with the verb. It makes it uh, allows you to get to the point very quickly. You give a good start, and it should be also a, a powerful verb. So try not to write something like, I worked on, or I was involved, because it really sounds like uh, you were just like the smallest piece. <laughs> In, in the whole team. Uh, no, it's that there are powerful verbs like uh, as implemented, initiated, uh, started, created, uh, managed, whatever. So that there are very, very nice lists of those powerful verbs for your CV. 
um, yeah, that, that's just a minor thing to remember, but it helps already. Uh, the second important thing in that in the content is actually have facts and achievements and figures in your CV. This is like just how people's psychology work, how our heads work. We uh, make a short break, we stop on numbers and on some very salient facts. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's just the brain picks it out from the page and, and stops there. And you want uh, like people to stop and read, stop and read, stop and read. Um, so what, what I'm talking about is uh, don't just say I like as a developer, I implemented uh, software. <laughs> what I read very often is um, I implemented requirements um, according to specification. Well, you did not say very much. Everybody implements requirements based on some uh, yeah, specifications. Uh, please be more specific. Please say, uh, I implemented a database with a thousand users per month. Yeah, that's stating something and that has some facts and figures in it. So for example, if you say, I implemented a database for a thousand users in six months, uh, then as a hiring manager, I can start thinking, okay, uh, that's quite a big project or like a middle-sized project. Uh, you've done it in six months. Well, that's some pressure. So I know already uh, you perform, probably you perform well under pressure because you kind of finished, even if you're a part of a team. By the way, if you're a part of a team state, I was part of a team of six, just because it's also important to know, um, yeah, are you, are you good working in teams? Uh, actually, this is, this is also something like people say, I am a team player. But how do I know? <laughs> have you worked in a team? Maybe you have worked alone all the time uh, or never actually cooperated in a, in a bigger team. Uh, have you cooperated between um, like be between professions? Maybe you are a developer and but communicated a lot with uh, quality assurance or maybe a data scientist and communicated a lot to management because you have submitted some reports and so on. Uh, state this kind of information and be concrete. Like that's the part I'm missing most from most TVs is just, uh, there is so much, don't get me wrong, uh, there is so much blah, blah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite empty words and a lot of, so don't think uh, you have to put nice words in there. Uh, actually, HRs and recruiters are very trained and hiring managers especially, uh, are very trained to uh, like see bullshit. So if I see bullshit, I know, okay. Uh, and then I start thinking, why do we have that? Are you hiding something? Are you trying to, to blow out like nothing? You, you should just get to the point. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much, <laughs> pretty much the yeah, end of the and, and it is at exact this point, I will place a very personal question. And I'm sure a lot of students who come from India rep represent my thoughts. When we want to show numbers, all right, for example, I worked in a multinational company, the team had eight to 10 developers, and uh, we worked on developing and Im implementing SAP uh, stuff on supply chain, mm -hmm. and we, we call it supply chain transformation. It had millions of data, right? But when we mm -hmm. developed it, we did not know what is the size of the data. We were just given technical specifications and we went ahead and did it. Now, after years of having left that job, 
how do we mention numbers so for a data scientist or someone who has been in data science it might be easy to say hey i made a model which had 98% accuracy or mm-hmm. i made something which reduced runtime from 10 seconds to 2 seconds but for other people who start their career in multinational companies who who work for clients and they are given work of say documentation or even if it is development they don't they do not have the full visibility there are times Uh, which is very often that they are not even able to meet the entire team because half the team is mm-hmm. on site and half the team is in india somewhere scattered in, in three cities mumbai bangalore calcutta then how would a person come up with numbers the person himself does not have visibility uh sure i, I mean uh, i understand that uh, actually it's um it's in a lot of cases it's not that simple um and specifically to to be perfectly honest this is why we work with candidates and help them because it is really hard to excavate all the relevant numbers but there are always relevant numbers uh because it's it's quite clear that you probably cannot state the the most specific number always um but it's better to state some number because then um first of all as i said it's a psychological thing but also it it uh, gives the the other side so the employer some kind of uh, understanding what this project was uh if you don't know some numbers don't state this number state a different number like how many projects did you do in in this one year was it one project was it three projects uh even just give the the kind of rough size of a project say it's middle size project or if you know it's um like the the project uh, had some cost but you cannot state the cost because it's obviously uh, like not allowed by your contract like you cannot say you know we spent 30000 or the client sp- uh, spent 100000 on this project you probably cannot state this but you can say it's six figure or five figure it already helps so give some information like make it as concrete as possible uh and then then you're fine that is actually a very uh, very nice insight and we'll continue with the flow of the conversation mm-hmm. um you mentioned that it is different in different countries right um it depends what but actually yes. yeah, of course so there are a lot of do we have very specific differences in the cv format required in germany in a cv format um as i said it is like uh just like the whole content has to fit into this format and also try to keep the format simple so this kind of boils down to have it in one column and probably it won't fit on one page so think about having two pages uh at most three or four four should actually be only if you have like decades of experience um also try not to like germans do not really uh, enjoy having big gaps in your cv so it it should rather be like if you have a gap obviously you can have a gap um but it's maybe because you traveled or maybe because you cared for uh let's say a sick relative um just, uh, just the, shortly you, stated yeah, yeah. i would like to interrupt and very briefly mm-hmm. explain gap for the audience oh yeah uh, gap is the time when you have not worked Uh, for exactly. some period of and not time studied. and not studied and did nothing i mean nothing to show on your cv yeah but that's uh, exactly my point um you should still at least mention roughly what what was what was the matter there 
So you're probably exchanging your work uh, like every two, three years, maybe even more often. Um, you should definitely try to not exchange your job like multiple times a year. This will be considered rather jumpy. Uh, just don't leave unexplained gaps. Like say if it's more than if it's more than half a year, so if it's half a year or more, and definitely state something. If it's less, yeah, say three to six months, it depends. Uh, you can probably leave a, a very short gap. Um, but this really, really depends on the company a lot. So I've seen companies who complain about even a, a small gap of three months, but I've seen companies that are perfectly fine with six month gap. All right. I will ask um, a couple of very targeted questions. Sure, of course. What you suggested is a person's persona should be reflected in their CV, right? Um, would you suggest? Um, would you suggest a person mm -hmm. also mentions his hobbies, extracurriculars as well? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a common one. Um, in general, yeah, you can state hobbies uh, in any case. But the problem is most people uh, just write the same thing. Uh, so like, I like travel, I like some sports, um, although sports we can talk about. Uh, but like, I like traveling, I like reading, I like watch uh, Netflix. Yeah, pretty much everybody does this. So uh, that's, that's pretty much non-informative. Um, so you could probably leave it out. But there are some hobbies that show something important about itself. So like, for example, if you are uh, the captain of a cricket team, <laughs> something like that, uh, or you have actually like, you know, you, you have a blog, maybe uh, this tells something about you. At least it says, OK, I have uh, some dedication, uh, like if you have a blog for five years, well, you definitely have some dedication. You also have some creativity and you also uh, can like do something on your own. That's like your project. You started it. That's nice. This is definitely something that should go on your CV. Uh, I would argue if you don't put it on your CV, even if you like, you know, you apply for uh, a position as a data scientist, but you're writing a blog about uh, beauty and fashion. That doesn't matter <laughs> because it, it shows something about your uh, character. Uh, so basically, so, I can put my blog and podcasts both. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and you <laughs> definitely, and I'm sure you definitely will because you know it is important. Yeah, I will also like to ask a question that is very common. Uh, uh, students here do multiple projects, which are across domains. Mm -hmm. Suppose a student does projects on say computer vision, on medical images, and there are many of the pro many projects on that domain. Mm -hmm. And now after graduation, the person is applying for a natural language processing uh, post. Would you suggest the person uh, show all the projects that he has done or she has done or shows things that are only relevant to the company that a person is applying to? I will generalize this question mm -hmm. because I just realized this was a very bad question. Suppose, <laughs> <laughs> suppose a person has work experience that is not relevant to the company or the post that he or she is applying to. What would you suggest? They keep those uh, work experiences on the CV or just diminish them or remove them? 
Um, work experience. Let's first talk about work experience. Even if you think it's irrelevant, put it on your CV for Germany because German HRs do not like if you leave out something and this, this definitely leads to a gap. Like, you know, if you only put your relevant experience, but don't uh, include your uh, like other experience. So even if, as I, as I said, you kind of worked, uh, I don't know, as a bouncer in a disco or as a, uh, or you sold burgers at the McDonald's, that's fine. <laughs> um, state it, but don't, don't go into details. Just, you know, just put one line, the year and uh, like the title. Uh, don't explain too much because uh, when it's clear, it's irrelevant. Just put it on your CV because Germans really like their. Th this is probably a very German thing just to to have a complete picture. They want a complete picture. But when it comes to uh, some additional stuff, so you know projects, maybe some some hobbies again or some some pet projects of yours, which just complete your experience. There you're pretty much free. So select the, the most important, the most matching, uh, the, the like, ju just, it's easier to say it the other way around. If you can exclude a project from your CV and it doesn't harm your CV a lot, then exclude it. Uh, but as I said, it's like uh, for work experience, it's just considered the, the kind of rule. That's one of the unwritten rules. Uh, probably put everything in terms of work experience and education uh, into your CV. Projects and so on, you are, you are pretty much free. But I would suggest actually to mention a bit more than, or uh, like feel free to mention projects that are not quite absolute 100% match. Uh, just because uh, you might be underestimating the worth of this additional experience, uh, but the hiring manager might actually value it. So since you don't know, uh, rather like include a bit more. Just don't uh, don't produce a, a large, huge CV that nobody can read. Okay. There is another very popular question in the student community: is how do you modify your CV for the ATS, the applicant tracking softwares? It's quite simple. Don't confuse the system which means avoid visual elements, avoid multiple columns, to be honest. <laughs> uh, so don't yeah. make it too hard for the system. It already has to work quite hard to collect all your information from there. If you put it in two columns, if you add a lot of visual elements, it cannot read. Um, also avoid strange and, and uncommon section names. Like some people uh, get very creative and write something like, uh, what can I offer you? And then they state their skills. Uh, don't do that. Just call the section skills and also have sections like, you know, uh, have clear sections that, that have a caption that basically says working experience. Then the system definitely will understand this is your working experience. Also try to uh, kind of, uh, if you have like, and you will, you will have dates on there. Uh, pick a format that is actually readable and maybe even uh, which is common in the country you're applying. Uh, for so in Germany, it just you know, uh, it's just common to write it like you know, 22.11.2021, uh, something like that. Um, so try to pick a format which is clearly understandable, also like for an automatic system. 
And then, yeah, last but not least, um, to be honest, the ATS is all about keyword. It uh, just looks for the important keywords and the keywords are mostly pretty much the same as they state already in the, uh, in the job ad. So you read a job ad online and you apply. So you should really think uh, like, what do they state? What, what do they uh, like? What uh, are your responsibilities? There are a lot of keywords in there, some like in a lot of uh, cases, but also what, uh, what do they expect from you? There is a section in the job uh, ad talking about what, what specifically do they expect from you? And this, like the, the important keywords from there for say uh, IT people, it's very, very simple. It's mo mostly the names of the technologies and, uh, some abbreviations, you know, you need to and like programming languages, something like this. Uh, you definitely want to have these keywords on your CV. And also when you apply to this specific job ad, try to also spell the keywords the same way. So they are very smart, uh, employing machine learning, uh, deep neural networks and so on. Some are very, very simple, rule-based. Uh, regular expressions, uh, the, those systems become cheaper and cheaper. And something like Personio, which is actually uh, quite popular nowadays for like smaller companies and middle-sized companies, uh, they offer a lot of this functionality already and it's very cheap. So small companies, if they want to save some time, uh, they will definitely have such a system, okay? As a hiring manager, did you go through people's LinkedIn profiles? Be honest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, to be honest, I did because I I, um, I I did not do it for everybody, of course not, because the, there were a lot of applicants and I wouldn't spend so much time to go uh, through the LinkedIn profile of everyone. Uh, but the ones who were shortlisted, of course. <laughs> well, um, actually, that's probably not true of everyone. Uh, I'm just a, a very curious guy. Uh, so when, bef even before someone comes in for an interview, I want to gather as much information as possible. So as much information as possible, does that include going through a person's Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Actually, yes. blog, and I do not know which kind of social media younger that, people. That's what I'm talking using. about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So if you, uh, like LinkedIn is, uh, one piece of the puzzle. Actually, LinkedIn is something you want to share and, uh, you should really, to be honest, nowadays, you really should think about your LinkedIn and Xing profile as not just, uh, yeah, my, my employer will check my LinkedIn profile. No, no, in a lot of cases, your employer will find you through your LinkedIn profile or your Xing profile, uh, because uh, this is actually how recruiters uh, reach out to people. And you should really think about optimizing your profile and also have a lot of connections to other people. Try to also build a real network. So try to add people who are at least uh, like somehow connected to you. Uh, but also uh, don't forget about, uh, you, you can always do informational interviews. Informational interview is just when you uh, say, find a person who is who already works at the company you want to go to, or maybe who just works in the same profession that you just want to start your career in. Uh, and you just write them and uh, ask them if they maybe have 15 minutes to talk to you and to tell you how does it work? It's, it is really all right. Um, we have a teammate, Shubham, who has mastered this, this entire thing of, of approaching people and talking with them, mm -hmm. and getting information. Like uh, German employers um, kind of are known for being very inquisitive. 
like you know they try to gather as much information. good piece of information trust me <laughs> so uh, germans in a lot of way they, they see all the problems they try to to like foresee you know to plan ahead so they think uh ahead of time of all the problems and the same goes for hiring hiring is a very uh how they say hiring is a dangerous uh thing <laughs> because if you hire the wrong person it can easily cost you uh say 50000 euro or 100000 euro um so yeah that's that's it is very expensive to hire people so honestly and naturally uh germans are also very um yeah like just very picky in that as well or they try to foresee as many problems as they can so this is why a lot of employers will be very rigorous when checking your background let's talk very briefly about cover letters mm-hmm. um we ran a poll and we have um 56% said they sent a cover letter and uh, 44% said they do not send a cover letter unless it is mandatorily asked for um often i come across recruiters who mention that cover letters are most needed while there's another set of recruiters who say it is boring and they will only write good things about themselves what is your take on it yeah that's um actually a complicated topic uh first of all and um let me tell you the cover letter is never the most important in your application it's never Even- the most never the most important because the most important is your cv uh mm-hmm. most processes most uh hrs most uh recruiters most even hiring managers start by reading your cv because this like it contains the most important information also the most information about you so the cv should be complete you should not say oh i will not include uh, this information in my cv because i say it in in my cover letters the cover letter is about your motivation uh so this this uh, this is twofold um first you should state why you picked this company how did you even find it and uh why did it pick your interest or like what why did it like hook you <laughs> even if it's just yeah I'm, i mean in most cases like the truth would be oh well i came across this job ad and i need work so it so happens i applied to you but this is not a good motivation uh think and like go to maybe the website of the company think why is this a good match for you why why would you actually be interested in working in this company but the second part is basically yeah why why should this company pick you what is spe- special about you what are some qualities that you think uh make you stand out and also try to back it up with something yep i completely forgot asking you questions on master thesis suppose a oh. person is new to the market yes a fresher or changing professions freshly graduating from a german university and wanting to make a career in germany how important do you think is a master thesis uh, whether or not it is relevant to the job he or she is applying for Yeah, actually <laughs> that's a very good question and it's, it's uh, probably part of a broader question like uh what do i do if i don't uh, don't have too much experience yet and this is exactly the point uh, you use everything you have like every little bit and master see this is not a little bit um so this is actually some mistake that a lot of people can do in their planning 
um, I see a lot of people, yeah, say people from Russia or people from India uh, come to study maybe in Germany, but for their master thesis, they pick something very relevant to only like uh, their country. It's can just just the the uh, kind of your analysis can be super relevant, and the data doesn't matter. This can be, uh, but you should definitely think about it and strategically pick your project. And a lot of lot of candidates I see, uh, they start thinking about being strategic after they have actually finished their studies. But you should be strategic, if possible, as early as possible. It is incredible conversing with you, and I'm getting a lot of congratulatory messages. I believe everything is all right. So we'll very quickly go to the reviewing of CVs. We got quite a few uh, CVs. Uh, we have shortlisted three, of which we will do one. Okay. And if we have time and energy, we do the second. And okay. for those who might be listening to this episode in the podcast format. Um, the CVs will be uploaded to a server and a link will be given in the description of the episode. So, shall we begin with this? Sure, of course. So, the CV that my team has uh, chosen is this. Mm -hmm. He studies in Zalun University. Perfect. All right. Uh, so, that's a one-pager. And um, as I said, one pager is not quite uh, common in Germany, and I can tell you why. Basically, because um, yeah, th there is a bit, th there is already a lot of information on here, so it's a very full CV, and it's a bit hard to uh, to navigate through it. Uh, so this is why I actually say uh, just have one column and make it two pages. It will be perfectly alright in Germany, but it will be much uh, much better readable. So, uh, basically, the top is pretty much all right. Uh, it does not contain the age. It does not uh, contain the visa information. So, I would definitely include the age, but the, the visa information is not uh, necessary. For example, you study in Germany, it's pretty much clear that you have a visa afterwards. Um, career objective, yeah, that's, that's uh, actually a summary, uh, what, I, what I called summary before. Uh, it's all right, although it's um, this is a lot of empty words um, because cutting edge technology, industry pioneers, uh, leading to self-development. Yeah, everybody writes that. Um, state something that is actually you. Like, you know, state some figures, some numbers, something that is important about you. Maybe um, like, who who are you? You're, are you already an embedded systems uh, engineer, or you just studied and you are a motivated um, freshman? Yes, um, and state some some very nice achievement that you that you have already. Uh, good. Continuing on education. Education should not be the first part. <laughs> so the thing uh, a German HR wants to see next is work experience. Always start with the work experience. Uh, the education is actually done pretty much all right. Why? Uh, it's, first of all, it's absolutely clear uh, what is the subject. So this, I would say, for the education at least, is quite close to perfect. But it should still, still not be the, the first uh, thing because work experience always goes in front. The only exception being if you have pretty much none 
uh, relevant experience. Yeah, uh, um, could you scroll please to, to the work experience? Okay, again, it's very uh, very clean and nice. So this part I like. Uh, what is your like? Uh, where did you work? Uh, what is the title? Here I wanted to mention that um, yeah, actually in this case, application developer is pretty much clear and is pretty much uh, like self-explanatory. Uh, is also similar like is the same in German, but for a lot of uh, positions you have really to think, is it understandable? Is it uh, understandable to, to say a German in charge? Uh, it doesn't really matter what your position was officially called in your contract. You should always state what uh, something that actually explains what you were doing. Um, yeah, apart from that, reviewing this uh, actual CV, what, what's good is that I instantly see the keywords in there everywhere. So technologies, AngularJS, MVC, HTML5, very nice. That's something I want to see quickly. And this is also something my eye looks for. It's like, it's a trained ability to just scan the CV and see, aha, uh aha, -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. yeah, that's something I'm looking for. Also very nice. The skills section is uh, very structured, very well understandable. Um, yeah, I see, the, uh, see an achievement uh, section all by itself. Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't advise to have this. Uh, if you have like one achievement that stands out, put it in your summary, replace something uh, that, you know, uh, that is less important. <laughs> uh, but apart from that, just put the achievements into the context where they belong. It's very easy to read it when it's in context and it helps, like an, uh, a nice achievement uh, helps very much, but it's hard to read it uh, in separation. Yeah. Um, with your permission, could we review mm -hmm. another CV? Because I just realized sure. it's not really a data science CV. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's a developer CV. And yeah. uh, to be honest, this is a decent one. As I said, you, you can improve it. Um, I think I, I told you a couple of details. But all in all, that's a very good CV. And this person is really getting hired. <laughs> I can tell you that because he has <laughs> relevant experience and good education and yeah. his CV looks very fine. Yeah. We have another CV which is there. Okay. All right. So that is, and that's my first uh, pet peeve here. Um, just by looking at the CV, I cannot tell uh, tell you, yeah, what's the professionals of uh, this person? Shivani Jadhav is not your profession. <laughs> you should definitely state somewhere uh, at the top, what are you? And yes, of course, about me says, I am a fifth semester master student in data and knowledge engineering course. And there are also the technical skills stated there. It's fine to some degree, uh, but to some degree it's not. You should definitely state your, uh, like, who are you? Who you identify as? So just, close to your name, put your profession. That's very simple. Um, what's good is, is uh, it has links to, for example, the LinkedIn uh, account. What's not, or what's less uh, nice is you can easily get rid of this number. If you uh, take a look at the link, it has a number in the back. Uh, this doesn't have to be so. I actually like the, uh, the section like about me tells me quite some details already. That's uh, specifically what I was missing uh, at the top. Um, just don't underestimate this. Why am I uh, making it so important? This, uh, yeah, state your profession, state your profession. It's just because um, 
well, uh, it, it is like, otherwise I, I, I am lost. I need to uh, dig through a CV and I'm already uh, having a strange impression. Like, why don't you even tell me who you are? So this is really about first impression. The first impression should be, okay, very clear, like in the, in the one before. Okay, uh, so talking about work experience, there is just, this is just too little. Um, and also this is too wordy because specifically my tasks mainly focus on the creation updates of knowledge graphs using blah, blah. Uh, it's, it's fine all in all, uh, but you should really uh, think about uh, writing uh, created and updated knowledge graphs using blah, blah, blah. But also state a bit more about it. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a research assistant, so maybe it's, um, maybe that's uh, adequate. It depends on like how much did you actually do, but since this is like the last work experience, it should be uh, described in a little bit more detail. Um, so the same goes for, for all the rest. Uh, what is good is the format or the form because it uh, states the date clearly, it states where this was. So all of this is fine. But that's actually a lot of, of experience. And it's also ordered in the right direction. So starting with the new stuff and ending with the old education and training. Um, yeah, since specifically the master of science, if I understood correctly, uh, at the top is still ongoing. Uh, and this is exactly something. So where are the dates? <laughs> where are the dates in the education and training? They are completely missing. Uh, this is important. Of course, I want to know uh, when you did, did you finish your bachelor's uh, and specifically if you're still studying master's yeah when did you start when when uh, can I expect you to finish yeah the summary on the top should not be the replacement for complete information at the bottom so give all the information um, yeah so th that's just a bit something missing uh, then the language skills yeah I see uh, in a lot of uh, cases such very detailed <laughs> uh, language or like this this is actually i think a standard formula uh, for that it's not necessary at all uh, to be honest it's not even necessary to state your level this b1 c1 um, you can as well just go with uh, english fluent or, or native or close to native and german may be some kind of intermediate or beginner uh, yeah, then we still uh, already have, uh, again, have some projects. As I said, try to put them in perspective. It's um, what is definitely possible is to have them as um, um, as an addendum. So you can definitely include a project description on, say, a separate piece of PDF or separate page uh, as just, you know, some detailed information about projects. Yeah, the hiring manager doesn't have to read it or the HR doesn't have to read it, but they can if they want. All right, and the final thing is hobbies and interests, as I said, can be very important if they show your character. And I think in this case, it's uh, definitely like that. So uh, head of student mentoring team, this is almost not a hobby. This is almost a work experience, as I would say. 
but also here, like trekking and successfully completed the uh, 16,000 feet trek. Uh, so th that's actually an amazing achievement. And of course, yeah, include something in this. This is nice. You know, technical blocks and playing table tennis, it's fine. It just gives you some, you know, some, some it's a personal note. Yeah, so that, that's in general. I, I mean, I still would say this is a decent CV. Uh, for Germany, uh, definitely would get rid of the projects, include them into the actual experience up top, um, but also include the picture. Still very good to have a picture and there is none. Okay. I'll chip in a question and mm -hmm. then we take the audience questions. If, if I understood you properly, uh, you meant that it is okay to keep education and master thesis at first in case in case the previous work experience is not relevant or irrelevant yeah. to the company that we are applying for. Mm -hmm. now, now I got it. Uh, well, uh, my question is, is, yes, yes. My question is, how do we understand what is relevant? For example, I worked as a software developer earlier. I want to apply. I, I am doing data science masters, which is again technical, but I'm 32 years of age and I believe I can be a good manager. I apply for a project management position. Mm -hmm. Would would I be required to put the work experience at first and then master yeah, yes. somewhere later? Definitely at first, because um, see, Mm, this is why the, the rule, um, and this is quite a written rule, so nothing unwritten about that. The rule is work experience goes top. It's the most important part. So if you break this rule, you should really know what you're doing, or you should really know why you're doing it. And uh, this could be why, because uh, maybe your uh, like previous work experience is really working at McDonald's. This can happen. Why not? I mean maybe you're just staffing now you you have studied you have done some uh maybe th there were some projects in studies which are relevant but you really have you know a very irrelevant prior work experience so it was completely something different um in general if you had proper work you want to put it up front Pro by proper work I, i'm saying not just some, you know, some minor jobs. Uh, then you most probably want to still put it up front because any work experience gives you uh, a lot of very important skills. So if you worked for three years as a software developer, for example, uh, now you want to be a data scientist or now you want to be a project manager. Yeah, the three years as a software developer are still very relevant. It's like not in uh, like, the meat of profession, like the, the important things that you will be doing in a new profession, uh, but in all the other stuff, because, you know, you know how to work already, you know how to work as a team, you know the processes, uh, and so on and so forth. So the, the, there is a lot uh, value in just, um, I have worked in a similar setting. Since you mentioned McDonald's, there is a question from the audience, uh, which mentions something of this sort is by Dishan Sheikh and he asks, I would like to know what if someone does not have a technical experience 
and has worked odd jobs for example supermarket part time student job yep. unrelated to the unrelated to the field they are currently interested in however even in such odd jobs you require or learn certain soft skills how to convey mm-hmm. this information well just like that because uh, you acquire soft skills because you have done something um like you know you you acquire good communication skills if you have communicated uh, with a lot of people and it actually had some weight not just talking to them uh, but you know work communication where something depends on it where it's part of your work uh so you can gather that at a mcdonald's or uh, or, at a, or at a gas station you just have to make me as an employer understand uh what did you do that you acquired the skill then re- you have to really think what concrete things did i do uh that's like teached me uh, uh taught me some specific skills and then mention that and this is why i'm saying like if you had uh like some years of of working experience which is pretty much relevant and then you have something irrelevant at the bottom uh so working at mcdonald's then you can just state it and only mention it you know uh but if it's actually the only working experience then you might want to include some detail and actually uh say like maybe what kind of team you worked as a part like of this team or what kind of uh like time pressure you maybe had uh and so on and so forth and maybe you you even suggested some improvement to to the working process something like you know if you if you uh, basically uh, if somebody tells me yeah i learned some skills uh, during my job in here <laughs> then i ask him basically yeah what did you do how did you how did you acquire this skill and this is exactly what you should put on the cv uh, something more concrete than just saying i acquired those skills to actually show show don't tell like it's a it's a, a you know it's a premise from from a film but it works for the cv as well yeah aditya de has a question should the overall gpa be added and does that matter i'm sorry the ah the overall gp um yeah for 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 your recent studies definitely and unfortunately like in a lot of cases still still does matter even if i don't think that just the grades from your studies uh, should matter too much but they do or okay. am i misunderstanding the uh, no you GPA? you correctly understood that <laughs> unfortunately yes still do include it specifically if it's a good grade of course then you want to include it but even if it's a middle one still include it yeah akanksha has a question which um, i think i asked already and um, i'll still repeat it because my team asks me to so akanksha asks how should one go about if the work experience is not very relevant to the current studies would it still make sense to put it first rather than education yeah i guess i pretty much answered this uh, before uh, but to repeat is uh, yes it still should go before um other than if it's really really entirely irrelevant so if you if you doing a, a big giant switch like you know from taxi driver to a software developer or uh from investment banker to 
Gardner. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not sure why. Uh, then it is kind of like less relevant, and then probably the education is more relevant. But as I said, it's actually a rule for for, for a good reason. Put your work experience to the top. Is because in most cases you can't go wrong by putting your experience at the top. Okay. At this point, I believe if any of our attendees have any questions, they can use the raise hand button on Zoom and raise their hands, and uh, we will take one or two questions maximum. This has been an incredible conversation with you. It was supposed to be a forty minutes. It is. One hour forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it became a bit long. Yes. So, if someone has questions, please raise the hand. I, I mean, not raise the hand, as in raise the hand on Zoom, so that we can take the questions. I am getting personal texts, congratulatory texts. Please save it for the end. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. I believe um, there are no questions, but one which my team just sent me now. Uh, Shivani Jadav asks: Is there any particular format of CV, except that it should be one one column? If is there any particular format uh, of CV, example Europass or Latex, that is preferred by the ATS? Oh, no. To be honest, uh, ATS doesn't care too much. Uh, ATS really is, uh, or oh, most ATS systems are quite general, so they will. Uh, even not care about your comic sense uh, in your CV and whatever whatever format it just uh, should be able to uh, piece together the information and then you you'd rather uh, should uh, keep an eye open for the keywords because it will actually not only grab your information but also grade you so it's actually about uh, matching the keywords which you should be worried about uh, apart from that just don't go overboard with your formats don't don't get too creative to design uh, like strange design and then you will be fine okay um indrani would you like to ask the question as in with voice as in with audio yeah hello that was really an informative talk thanks thank you for the session i have just one question like uh, is it uh, important to uh, mention about the certification that we do like uh, is it from an external company like Oracle or Coursera? Uh, is it important to mention that in the CV? Nowadays, it's it's completely different. Mention all the certificates you have, even like the smaller ones, even for some online courses, they are still valuable because uh, a lot of companies understood now that, um, yes, you can acquire knowledge not only officially at the university, like sitting at the desk. Uh, you can also acquire the knowledge via online courses, via some trainings and so on. So this is fine and this is accepted. Uh, just don't expect it to have like huge value. Like, you know, okay. uh, formal education still takes precedence. So if you have a bachelor's or you have uh, three online courses, the bachelor still wins. Thank you. Um, hello, I'm very thankful for this very informative conversation. Uh, I'm just wondering, is it for hiring committee matters? Like if the education is from Germany, like would they like target like people who had education in Germany 
or um, it's something that um, I could like not very much con- like worry about. Well, there is like the official official statement on that and uh, the realistic position. So the official position would be, of course, it doesn't matter. As long as you uh, have studied at a recognized university and there is this uh, Anabin uh, database, which actually states what is, um, yeah, what's recognized in Germany as an equal education. Um, yeah, so apart from this, it should not matter. But unfortunately, it still does matter uh, because, yeah, a German employer basically knows close to nothing about, uh, say, how a university works in India or in, in Russia or in South America or wherever. So, it, of course, psychologically, it's better to have studied at a, say, European, but even better at a German university. Yeah. So I hope that answers the question. Yeah. We take the last question from Sean Abogosh. Uh, thank you for this wonderful uh, session, firstly. Uh, my question pertains to mainly the skills portion of the CV. So as a fresher, uh, we try out a lot of uh, technologies and various things, like various kinds of fields, especially in the field of uh, software development and data science. So how do we structure our skill set? Like basically, we, we may be proficient in something and maybe familiar with something. So how do we structure it and portray it in a correct manner? Uh, yeah, to, to, to be honest, um, I'm sorry if I cut it short. I, I hope I understood your question. So first of all, of course, you can uh, you can partition them. So say, uh, put programming languages uh, separately and, uh, I don't know, uh, libraries separately and uh, working environments separately. It's fine as long as you have enough for every section. So try to include as much as possible. But of course, things that you can at least you know know some details because if if you get asked later in the interview and you cannot say anything about this uh skill that you have actually in your cv that will look rather rather bad all right i would really like to thank elshad for this session today it's been great and i'm not sure if um if in many sessions so so many people continue to remain till the end of the session well thank you very much and uh, of course you're very welcome but also i thank you um for having me here actually it was it was fun i think it's very important uh, that those questions uh, get asked a lot uh because it's it's just not uh yeah not common knowledge but it should be so all that I talked about and uh, yeah, if I can in some way contribute to this knowledge being spread, uh, of course, I'm happy <laughs> to do that. Um, yeah, and also thanks to the whole team. I, uh, you guys are doing a great job. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it can only improve. I've uh, heard some of the first, uh, I've basically uh, looked for the first season and uh, had at least some <laughs> uh, some first impression of that season one and was very 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 um amateurish it was the first time i tried something with audio and sure. i was a single man army so but that, that's that's the most important thing i think uh, to just start and just jump into it that's after all like it's yeah. exactly what we did two and a half years ago and i uh, i don't regret although it was quite stressful <laughs> along See, the way 
it's perfect. So I, really, I w- wish you all the best luck. Uh, and do you have any feedback? To be honest, I don't one? think you. Sorry. Do you have any feedback about season one? Any feedback? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I've heard too little of it. It's just uh, you know jumped over it to just get some some first impression. Yeah. Um, no, but I think that uh, actually I, I'm sure you've improved a lot from what I see from the organization now. Uh, I think it's uh, it is an impressive improvement. So uh, keep it up. I'm I'm very sure that it's it's a very important work. Just because, uh, as you said, the universities do a very bad job at actually supporting people who are students there and then want to to actually start working. There is close to none, close to no support from the university. There is uh, are those career centers, uh, but they don't help too much. Unfortunately, I have a lot of experience with that. I, also, during my studies, I was part of the uh what was it called uh fachschaft <laughs> i'm not sure if there's the same if it's called the same in uh, magdeburg but it's basically students helping students uh and yeah a lot of very clueless students i have encountered at this time and i know that like the, just the the official structures don't help too much so it's unfortunately um up to students and just uh you know, other interested people <laughs> who uh, have to do their work. Yeah, I thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you. Hey, you have made it till the end of this amazing conversation. Please check this space out next week, Wednesday as well. Next week, we will publish another episode which you may find useful. We aim to release one new episode every Wednesday for the next two weeks. on LinkedIn, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, YouTube, Stitcher, GeoSavan and a few more platforms. If you find this conversation useful, please share this with your friends and stay connected with us. Thank you for listening.